It's Thursday. Today is Thursday. I've brought you the greatest gift of all. Oh, yeah? Well, in that case... Entertain me! It's showtime. Make use of the help that God puts around you. We are not a glum lot. A promise is a promise. It's very simple. Just don't drink and go to meetings. Give time, time. Easy does it. I do it. Want to have self-esteem? Just do esteemable things. One day at a time. We carry the message, not the alcoholic. Don't quit before the miracle happens. Hey, with an effective character, three guys sitting around talking about our personal experience in recovery. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Dennis. James here. The opinions are our own. We don't represent any particular organization, institution, or fellowship today. We'll be sharing our experience on celebrations in recovery. And this episode 139 of the Defective Characters Podcast. Let's go. Lots to celebrate this week, guys. Congratulations. Oh, thanks. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Pretty uh pretty cool stuff. We all made it to another week. So why don't you tell us what happened with you this week? Oh, oh, oh you want me to start? So uh, we talked about, I think, like three weeks ago leading up to and then last week. Oh, sounds like somebody's burritos done in the microwave. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out of there. Why don't you eat it? I'll talk. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, I proposed over the weekend. She said yes. That was pretty cool. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> they always say. If you're not married at least twice, are you ever really married? Um, <laughs> Who says that? So <laughs> it's just, I'm starting a new thing, James. If you want in on it, just let me know. Um, it's pretty pretty cool. So uh, yeah. Anyway, it went well. Um, it's funny. Funny how everything just kind of uh, everything fits together because uh, initially. Uh, when I was uh, living with my now, I guess, fiance, I'll, I'll start saying that when I was living with her last year and then got my own place, it, it was for a couple of reasons because the kids were having a difficult time, I think. And there was, uh, I think the uh, Becky's boys were dealing with their dad kind of putting stuff in their ear and a month ago I said, you know what? I can just, I can get engaged and we can just sit in the engagement for as long as it takes, but there's no reason for me not to, if we're both saying that we're each other, you know, person and that's, that's what we want. And then we have that love. And then the last month since I got the ring and told nobody else, except like you guys and my direct family, there's been like just an energy change. And different things where they've been like, oh, we want him around. We want like and oh, we want to play catch like all the stuff that uh, I wanted all along without me really doing seriously anything different. Um, And I just I thank God for that. And there was a hilarious moment where we knew where we were going to go. We were going to go out to brunch and then the family and I were going to go for a walk and we knew the destination and at brunch. Becky said, hey, isn't that spot from the bench of Forrest Gump down the road? Can we go and take a picture there? <laughs> it's like, that was the plan. And like, how do you, I, I, 
it's just ridiculous. And you can tell in the video that we took, she legitimately had no idea. Um, and it made me feel really good. So it was, uh, it was a great time. And thanks to technology, I was able to take a video and, and send it to my family up in Boston so they could see it. So it was good. It was a good, good week, a lot of gratitude and, um, also appreciative that I don't have any of my buddy in my life that reached out in a way like they were mad that either they didn't know in advance or that they thought that I shouldn't do it. When in the past, I did have a lot of those people in my life. And today I don't have any. Um, so there might be some people listening like, wait, who would who would do that? And it's like, well, I had a lot of those people. Um that would do that so it was good it was a really really great week and uh and that's oh. that's that james you, how was you posted some pictures on facebook the i pictures did were just wonderful oh thank you buddy and then uh, i saw all three of the kids in tiny little rocket ships with wheels yeah yeah we did uh we we had a lot of fun at a blueberry festival that i thought was going to be terrible in my head i thought it would be short sweet and they actually didn't want to even end up leaving so we had to like pull them out of there when in my head i'm like oh god i gotta be there for two hours working they're gonna want to go after an hour and then i'm gonna have to apologize and feel bad uh and it was quite the opposite like we we couldn't even rip them out of there so it was cool oh just cool just cool James, um, well, yesterday, well, let me start with I worked fifty five hours last week, including Mother's Day. Wow! And uh, I was tired, and then Monday, I went to um, I picked up Trevor. He he spoke at um, the treatment center for me. I got to hear his story, and. Um, it was pretty cool because I've been there like four times now, and it's always the same uh, seven or eight guys. And I found out that they all live in a in a house together, a halfway house, and one of them is like the leader. But I mean, these guys are they're all pretty cool, and I enjoy going now because it's like meeting new people who are just so brand new, but they're all really attentive and they. They keep they keep telling me thank you for bringing people in. You know we really enjoy listening to these stories. And then after I dropped Trevor off, he's like, "I'm getting on a Zoom meeting," so I went on another meeting on the way home. And then I came home, and then at seven I went to a third meeting on my day off. Wow! Yeah, and that was just a lot. Now I got to go work a, another double today. So, um, pl- I'm getting ready for the the kids. I'll pick them up on the eighth. Um, me and the wife are gonna go down to Miami. We're gonna get um a hotel room for the night, and then the boys will be coming back up here, uh, probably for a month. So I'm excited about oh, wow. that. Yeah, that's gonna be great. I'm excited pretty cool and then uh i don't know not much more and just i mean i i could talk about work but um i don't no want one wants to hear that <laughs> you'll make dennis feel bad <laughs> he's, like, he's like i want more things to complain about 
I'll get you. I got plenty to cl- complain about. You should come work with me, Dennis. I'll get you a job in a heartbeat. Yeah, I'm all right right now. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's new, what's new with you, Dennis? Um, <clears throat> well, I'll start off by complaining. Yeah. That the crypto market has been crashing the last couple of days. So that's always fun to see, like, your art money going down the drain for no reason at all. Uh, fun times. Uh, no, but it is what it is. You know, um, two, uh, two or three months ago, you would have said, you would have said, see, James, I told you. Oh, it's <laughs> still there. Like, it's, it's, it's still a flawed system. It yeah. definitely is. But I mean, it is, it's, it is coinciding with the, you know, rest of the markets going down to I like, read, I read 40% of all Bitcoin investors are underwater right now. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. Easily, yeah. Not literally underwater. But <laughs> even- <laughs> yeah, That's why you got to have a snorkel. Yeah. yeah. But it's fine. I mean, we we don't need to spend any of it right now anyways. And we just spent to like pay for our website and stuff like that. So we got that at a, at a good deal because <laughs> now it's worth less. So if we were to spend it today, it would have been more out the window. So that's always a good thing. Um, other than that, I don't know. I took my dad to the airport earlier in the week or last week, I guess. Peaches. Um, he's, Peaches is here. She's not going anywhere. Um, my dad's going to the Netherlands for like a month or two months. So that's that's exciting for him. Do do people in the Netherlands call it the Nether region? Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> a good they question. Re- I guess. They, re- they really should. Yeah, definitely. Especially if it's a sketchy situation. I wonder if they call it a hairy Nether region. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and I wonder if they're called Neanderthals. <laughs> hey, what do you call, what do you what do you call Steve Urkel with sleep apnea? What? Snorkel. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even hear any of your story when you said when you said uh <laughs> underwater that's where my head went uh <laughs> it's really it's not a good thing you, you know how al says it's it's dangerous when you're isolated it's like going to you going into your head uh what without a flashlight and a shotgun or something with the shotgun yeah. yeah 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 that's that's like my head all the time <laughs> oh bless you sorry sorry Excuse me. It's it's dangerous. Are you guys planning on seeing that uh, new Marvel movie? Yes, oh. I want to. Uh, Talitha and I saw it uh, Thursday night at eleven forty-five p.m. And what do you think of it? It was good. We liked it. Um, I I was falling asleep towards the end just because I was so tired. I forgot I I went to that, and then. <laughs> 
And it was one of those theaters that was like just a bunch of kids, and they were all rowdy and loud, obnoxious. But I guess I'm just getting old. Uh, We all are. You know, it's opening night theater, so like it was, everyone was clapping and excited. So um, I don't know. It was definitely a a Raimi film because there was a lot of it was dark in a lot of aspects for a Marvel movie. Raimi's the Raimi's the director. Yeah, yep. there's like four or five jump scares where I was like, oh, <laughs> Talitha like spilled the popcorn. Oh, well, like, that's what that's what they said they were going to do. They were going to make it more horror like. And Rami is like, oh, they the did. king of horror. You know, they sure did. It was cool, though. I liked it a lot. Nice. I watched I watched all the spoiler videos on it. Well, so I spoiled it for me. Wow. I finished Moon Knight last night finally. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it was good. I love it. That's in my top three. Like WandaVision, Loki, and Moon Knight are like the best right now. Yeah. And a reminder to any of you 80s movie fans that have been looking forward the last 10 years to the new Top Gun. It's coming out in a week. So, is it really? I think it's the 21st. Yep. So, be ready. Who's in it? Is it freaking Tom Cruise? Oh, you don't know. You don't know any of it. It's uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So the whole. Oh, and there was a, a trailer for the the second Avatar: Way of the Water. Yeah, mm. I saw that. I saw it on the. Uh, I it looks beautiful, but I, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I love the first. Yeah. One. Well, those are those are some good uh, good movie picks. So it kind of goes right in line with today's topic, too. People are like, all right, what does this have to do with celebrations? So there's I I know for me, I never thought it would be possible to have any fun without a drink or a drug. And yes, we've talked in the past. I think it was probably when I started going through my divorce uh, about uh, what dealing with like crisis or maybe it was covid right dealing with crisis and recovery. And how you get through the tough times. This is kind of like the opposite. I never thought it was possible to get through anything, you know, how to celebrate. And I was reminded as people, you know, in the family, I'm the only person in recovery who's an alcoholic in recovery. And I I don't judge other people. If, if you can't be around it and, and you're still trying to figure it out, that's totally fine. But there are ways that I use, and I'm sure James and Dennis use, um, to get through those and things we've experienced, big celebrations without having to have a drink or a drug the past. You guys are coming up on five years next month. Um, so wanted to kind of talk about some of those things. Um, do you want me to go first? Do you want me to wrap up at the end? Dennis. Dennis. Uh, go ahead and go first. Okay. So just thinking back of things to, uh, celebrate in very early sobriety, there was a wedding that I went to for one of my best friends and it was, I was, uh, eight months sober. I hadn't gone all the way through the steps, but I did have an exit plan. I was invited to go to Gettysburg, Pennsylvania and celebrate the wedding. And I looked at it instead of just being focused on the things that I wasn't able to do, I flipped it and I thought about the things that I was able to do. 
in that I was able to go to the wedding and make it about the person, I know this is going to be a shocker, that was getting married instead of me. Uh, I turned down opportunities to go to weddings in the past because they didn't have an open bar. Um, Because I was like, how am I supposed to do this? And I was told by my wife at the time at, at that wedding that, no, I couldn't sneak alcohol in. So I skipped that wedding when I was still drinking. So it was the first wedding in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, that we actually went and did the tourist thing and then stuck around. And when I got uncomfortable, I headed out of there and I had an exit strategy and I was there and no one cared that I left early. Imagine that the wedding still happened, Uh, you know, and fast forward now almost eight years when I just got engaged people were cheersing and doing shots and everything else and celebrating. And I was actually able to be there and be the DD. So that way, uh, even though yes, legally, I suppose you can have two drinks and drive. There were people that just had two drinks and they didn't have to worry about driving because we were in one vehicle and I was able to drive and be of service um, and watch everybody you know, having fun in their own way as I was having fun being in service. And it sounds, I guess, corny, but um, I love that. I love that feeling that I can go anywhere. I can do anything. I don't have a time restraint. I can, uh, you know, I could drive by a police officer and know that I'm never going to get a DUI one day at a time uh, ever again. I never have to worry about that. So uh, I love, I love having, a feeling of being free and celebrating uh, anything and not having to go, oh, do I have enough drinks? Do I have enough this to actually have a good time? So that's my take on celebrations and recovery. Dennis? Yeah. Um, yeah, I want, I want to state to begin with that, like, I th- me personally, I think it's important that we do celebrate the good things in recovery, you know, cause that's what we're all doing it for. Right. We're not doing it to live like a mundane monotonous, like boring life that we feared that that's what recovery was like. If we didn't drink or drug and like spice life up a bit, we you know, at least for me, I thought it was just going to be this mediocre, boring life. <clears throat> so to me, it's important that we actually do, celebrate those moments you know like like mike just got engaged and that's like we should celebrate that we should be happy with that and enjoy it because it's a life-changing miraculous beautiful thing and if we don't do that then life does get boring and stuff so yeah but um i guess like how do we do that? How do we get by, especially in early recovery? You know, I think like early on before I ever came in, you know, like, like everything, you know, we've said it a million times before, but everything was like an excuse to drink or smoke or whatever. And, you know, so I remember going to like, my nephew's birthday party and 
you know, there'd be a group of people who drink and smoke that would kind of like go off on their own and take car rides to the store and stuff like that. And like, literally that was like our kids party, you know, that like, that's what we spent doing it. And then like being sober and I go to my nephew's birthday party, there's still like all those people that show up that are, you know, smoking pot and drinking, going on the car rides and, and kind of in their own little world over here. And I'm not a part of that anymore. Right. So like, <clears throat> I actually spend a lot more time with my nephews and my nieces and the, and the other kids there and other like parents there that aren't doing that. And I find that like the party's actually funner because I'm actually like creating memories with like my family and my loved ones and actually being present there and not just being high somewhere else, you know? So it's, it's, it turns out that being sober in those kind of situations is way more exciting and way more fulfilling. And I get to remember it and have memories of it, you know? Um, but early on for me, like the tools that I used to be able to like go and do stuff like that, they're the same ones when I had to go do like negative stuff, you know? So like one is, you know, always have your sponsor on speed dial and other people in your fellowship on speed dial. So if you need to call someone, you can. And then also call them. Don't be afraid to like, pick up the phone and just BS for like five minutes or whatever, if you need to. And then one thing my sponsor told me to is like super early on was to have a way out. You know, if you're not quite sure how it's all going to play out or you're not sure if you're comfortable enough and you don't want to be trapped there or whatever, drive your own car. And then at least you have a way to leave if you have to, you know, and I think that was a very important one for me, especially with like anxiety or whatever. I still use that today. It's like if I'm going somewhere and I feel like I'm going to be trapped or something, I can drive my own car. And then if I have to leave, politely excuse myself and, and leave. Um, but I found like overall, you know, if like looking back on my life, and all the good things and the bad things that happened, there's, there's a lot of blank fuzziness that was there that I don't really remember what happened because I was basically always drunk and high. So I don't remember a good portion of my life where now, like, I can actually experience life and enjoy it and actually celebrate good things and and like actually experience them rather than just experiencing another day of being drunk you know but what do you got james thanks dennis you're welcome <laughs> eeyore um well i love that we're talking about celebration in celebration and being sober today for almost five years, I can safely say that my mind has been transformed by the presence of God in my life. And, you know, I, 
one thing I can think about is, you know, at work, um, it always seems like people are always going out and partying, but it also coincides with them always calling out and being sick at work the next day. It's like, like I have been there. I've been that guy celebrating, having fun, going out every night and then hating work the next day. Like, I swear, sometimes I'm the only one that's chipper and happy to be there and like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I don't feel good. Hey, what'd you do last night? Oh, I went out. And, um, you know, I don't miss that. I remember being at my job maybe a couple months and this girl came up to me. She's no longer there, but she showed me a picture on her phone. She's like, look what I found in the back under a table over there. And it was a picture of a bag of cocaine. And, you know, the old James would have been like, oh, uh, let me have that. Do you want to share it? And to this point, to this day, I still think that, you know, it was like since I was new there, they were like seeing if I did that. Uh, but my response was like, oh, oh, what are you going to do with that? She's like, I don't know. I was like, okay, well, uh, that's nice. And then I just, there was no, <laughs> like no reaction. So I, and since that, no one's ever like, ask me to go out or uh, go drinking with them. It's just not part of it, but I'm still friends with everyone. If you know, it's, it's just like they know, and that's that. Um, as far as celebrations, you know, before uh, when I lived in Miami um, with the mother of my children, um, they were, everyone was Hispanic. I was like the token white guy. And there was always, bottles um at every kid's party like just i don't know if that's normal for all hispanic families but for this specific and all the friends you know there was just bottles and there's always a giant cooler filled with heineken's coronas whatever and um you know it was and i would just go and i would drink and drink and i don't even remember most of the parties because you know that's how i celebrated way over the top and it just might be that much. Stuff. When I saw it, I was like, oh, boy, we could get so drunk. But really, it was probably just there. So there was enough for everybody. And then meanwhile, I'm drinking most of the, the Shiva's bottle. They're like, what happened to the Shiva's? <laughs> and, true story. And, I'm, you know, just ridiculous. And uh, going back to being transformed by the presence of God, I have not um, celebrated like that because as a sober person and as, you know, a bartender for, you know, a living, I, I see people drinking every day and and I can I can actually, you know, have fun with them and talk with them while they're drinking. And it's just it's normalcy for me. It's. I don't need to do what they're doing to have fun. And I can see that, you know, I'm an alcoholic. I drink Damn it, peaches. It's, no, it's, an, it's the neighbor's dog. Are you, <laughs> are like you he's sure right you're, inside with you. Yeah. It's, are you trapped in the cage with the dog? I'm outside. <laughs> now peaches is barking. My gosh. So, um, <laughs> sorry. I, what I really wanted to talk about is like AA is really cool how when you first come in, you're greeted as a newcomer and you pick up a chip right away 
to celebrate your decision, your desire to stop drinking. And then you're celebrating again after one month, two months, three months. You know, our particular meeting, you're celebrating every month until you have a year. I know down in Miami, they do one, two, three months. And then they're like, okay, okay, we're not giving you another chip until six months. And then nine months. Cheapskates. I know. <laughs> a lot more people in Miami, probably. <laughs> and and then at the at, when you get one year, you get a cake. Um, I know the pool meeting... Um, our, our friends, Pete and Lisa, make sure that everyone always gets a cake, uh, on their, at their one year and, but there's any speak and then they make them speak. So it's kind of like, ah, we'll give you a cake, but you need to share your experience right now, which is good because, you know, it got me out of my bubble. I think I, I shared my first story at a rehab with, with my wife, but you know, Pete and Lisa had me speaking my first um, story share at at the poolside, and since then we, I, we used to do it together every we year. Did we held hands too? It was just wonderful. It was sweet. And so, in a way, we celebrate our recovery. We've and and we do it with cake instead of with booze. And um, it's it's nice. It's it's. I think it's really nice that they do that. And as far as weddings, I haven't been to any in recovery. I've been to a lot of birthday parties, Christmases, and the thought just does not come up. It's just it's a different lifestyle, and and I'm okay with that. I'm not only okay with that. I'm happier for it, and I love this new way of life. It's just remarkable. Because there's parts of my decade of drinking that I just, I don't remember. I don't remember because I was blacked out in a fog. So, yeah, that's what I got, guys. Yeah. I like that. Can, I, can I add a little story? Yeah. Okay. Like, you mentioned that your cocaine story about finding the cocaine at work or whatever, which is funny because I got almost the exact same story where, like, super early in in recovery like it's had to been like my first month or so like my sisters and my nieces and my like brother-in-law were visiting and then whenever they were like leaving and we all went down to the parking lot to like say goodbyes and all of that my brother-in-law like picks something up off the ground and he's like hey look and like you know and it was a little baggie of cocaine And like, he like handed it to me and I kind of look at it and I'm like, oh, that's, that's weird. That's, that's out here in the parking lot. And, you know, my brother doesn't, or my brother-in-law doesn't really do any of that kind of stuff. And so I like looked at it and I just took it and I like threw it in the trash can. And like, he even commented on like, wow, like, I'm surprised you didn't keep it and and like do it because like he knows like before i would have just done it not really even knowing what it was it could have been a bag of anthrax and i still would have like done it like so it was like a very early on change you know yeah good good job good job guys that hasn't happened to me but (laughs) (laughs) oh it will it will I will so, say, like God didn't have to like test you because like, so, you so didn't I, have that problem. I had a thought 
when I first came in. So it was what? It was September 8th. And two weeks beforehand, I did a 17-day cruise in Europe. Um, and it was it was ridiculous. I mean, I'm... I, I just paid off my credit cards, but it probably took me it took me about eight years to pay it off, um, because it was so d- damn expensive. And I'm bringing that up, saying, at the time when I got sober, I said to myself, "God, I'm really glad that I got to go over to um, you know Paris and have wine and everything else, and because I would be really bummed out." If I tried to do that sober and now eight years later, I can tell you that I'm excited to do things over again, sober that I was drunk the first time when I did it. And that next thing, whenever it is, it could be 10 years down the line. I don't know how long my engagement's going to be. It could be in a couple of years, but I'm really excited whenever that comes to celebrate that sober. Because the first time, I can tell you, based on all the pictures, I definitely was not. Um, you know, I ha- I do have the memories. I'm grateful that I, I didn't. Like, I drank enough to where I should have had a brownout or a blackout. But I, I have those memories. But um, it's like I look at the pictures and I'm not embarrassed, right? Because that happened. But I'm excited to go through and not only have the pictures as memories, but have a a complete clear mind and to be able to go through that, that's, it's going to be really great. So just grateful for that. Any, any last words to close it up, James? Um, have, have you thought about who your best man's going to be? Uh, I have not. We were talking about, making it extremely like small since we're going to have to pay for it. And we're not, uh, we don't have a lot of money, but then again, in 10 years, who knows what, what it's going to be like, if it is a super long engagement, then I think things might change. So right now, um, I haven't, I haven't thought about it. You know, the number one thing would be to make sure that the kids are all good then to plan on, selling the house and buying a bigger place for us all to fit into where we're not on top of each other. Um, you know, and then from there, uh, yeah, picking out all that stuff. So it's really fun. I'm so, so in short, it's going to be me, James, not you. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't even, I don't know if it's going to be destination or any of that stuff. And that was a conversation um, that happened right away. I mean, talk about just completely different in that I recommended therapy for my last marriage while we were still married and straight through, she's like, nope, nope, nope. And then even at the end, I said, okay, well, we're getting divorced. I get it, but I get free therapy at my my work do you want it and she said no to that and meanwhile after i proposed she was all excited and we started talking about that stuff and i said well let's wait till the kids are ready and then we look into a house and she said and i want to do pre uh marriage counseling and i'm like hell yeah like that sounds great 
that sounds like the healthiest thing that anybody can possibly do. And Absolutely. Like get it all. And she was taken aback. She was surprised that I was like, I think, I think my answer was F yeah. Uh, because I was so just lit up by somebody that wanted to be that committed that they were going to go, let's actually make sure that anything that, you know, we haven't talked about is talked about and not because we're not talking about it, but because it's not a thought and maybe a professional that deals with this every day would be like, did you guys think about this? You know, like how great is that? Yeah. Um, but I think it's also great too, because you both have histories, right? This isn't your first go at it. So it'd be good. And like, to start off clean and together and prepared, you know? Yeah. Oh, no, no. She was a virgin before we got together, Dennis. Yep. Wedding and virgin, no. That's, <laughs> well, and she has two kids. I don't, I don't want to explain how that happens. Well, miraculous conception. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> it's just a stork. A stork came and <laughs> threw him down as hard as possible. Yeah. Did in a trampoline. So... It's pretty good. Solid stuff. I'm excited for you, buddy. Yeah. Thank thank you, guys. Well, let's put a bow on this. Uh, We'll be back next Thursday sharing our experience, strength, and hope with you. Next week will be episode 140. Ooh. We're the the defective characters. Entirely ready to have all these character defects removed. Remember, celebrate life every day. And we'll see you next time. Woohoo. Congratulations, Mike.